0: Welcome to the and Solutions with the Chesh Podcast. I'm your host, William Cheshire. Join me in learning about optimistic solutions to some of society's problems as we interview entrepreneurs, small business owners, and employees, among others, working to provide solutions and bring positivity into the world. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Solutions with the Chesh Podcast. Special guest with us today for this edition's uh, for this episode, we have Keith Williams of Skill Stadium. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today?
1: Great, Will. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to uh, be here and to chat with you.
0: Keith, tell us a little bit about what Skill Stadium does uh, to solve problems. This podcast is about you know the solutions to some of those problems. Give us a little bit of a background uh, about Skill Stadium and, and what it is that it does and the platform that it provides.
1: Sure, Will, will do. Uh, so the challenge that we have in the job market, particularly if you're an, on the employer side, bringing somebody on, is bringing in people for an interview who are not what you expected. This happens all the time. What somebody appears to be on paper, it's on a resume, isn't always what's going to walk into that door. It's happened to plenty of companies, regardless of your industry. The solution to that, I feel, is video. We have the technology. Here's why. You can learn a lot more about a prospect by watching them speak their elevator pitch it's why we bring people in for an interview otherwise you look at a resume and you just hire somebody you want to see what they're about how they carry themselves and so i designed a platform where the job seeker can create first a 30 second elevator pitch if anybody's going to go for a job and get a job they have to do that they have it, it, it's like entrance to the job Thirty-second elevator pitch is simply who you are, what you do, and what makes you good at your job. It's the first thing you're going to do in any any interview. That helps you to stand out over people who don't. Because if we're looking for, you know, if a company, let's say it's a plumbing company, let's say it's an electrical company or HVAC company is looking to hire somebody, they see a piece of paper, they see an online application, then they see this person talking about who they are, what they do. We also have them the ability for them to videotape what they're doing, you know, 60-second clip, showing their capabilities and skill sets. That is proof that they can do the job. Once you can do that, that employer now has a really good idea of what's coming in the door because they are listening to you speak. They're looking at you. And that is the uh, purpose of Skill Stadium. Uh, and from the job seekers' perspective, it's a great way to sell yourself. You know, if I'm a job seeker and I, I want to get hired faster than the other person, I want to get called for more jobs, right? That, that's just basic common sense. And if you're telling me that doing a 30 second video can help me get a job faster, why would I do that? You know, everybody's got a phone, all of us, and everybody knows how to put their phone in selfie and record a video. And if you are really good at your job, which I'm gonna assume you are if you're applying for jobs that you're trying to get, then why not why not do a video? I believe that most normal people who, who are fairly competent at their job should be able to do that within five minutes.
0: I think it displays, it displays confidence as well
1: yeah yeah I, I mean it's where, it's where we're going here's I, what I, here's what I here's what I, mean, here's what I envision with this platform It's a way to attract opportunities because you've created a strong online profile. We're living in a day and time where people just don't hire you just because, well, hey, you know, I got an application to hire you. They're gonna do a little, they're gonna dig around a little bit, <laughs> see what you're about. Even before they even bring you in, they want to know what's coming in that door. Like I said, I, I feel like video is a game changer and it helps people, uh, it gives you a leg up over the other people who are not doing it
0: absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think all the data supports that as well. I, I know from marketing statistics and things of that nature, video just performs better uh, across all the platforms. So implementing that uh, into the job board area in order for people to have an opportunity to, to really give that elevator pitch and present themselves is interesting. Uh, Keith Williams, again, with us, the uh, founder of Skill Stadium. And, and Keith, one thing that really interests me about what you're doing is kind of the target market and the niches that you're going after as well, because it's 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 an area of work that I think often gets overlooked, particularly in America, even though there are really, really quality, high paying uh, and, and good jobs uh, within the skilled trades, hence the name Skill Stadium. So I'm wondering if you can just kind of tell us a little bit about why you kind of chose to niche down in that area? Because this video platform, I mean, it could work to really for any profession, Um, but why is it that you kind of chose the skilled trades um, to to pursue?
1: Well, I chose the skilled trades because I recognize that a lot of people are not going to college and we've always pushed people to go to college. Had I grown up in a different generation, I don't think I would have gone to college. I wasn't a a great student. I think I would have been somebody who probably would have gone into the skilled trades. But at the time, time that I grew up, we are products of the environment that we grew up in, and so I wanted to help that kid, that young person, who's not sure what they want to do, but who still has to make a living wage. I'm also want to help working people, what I call the working poor, which is people who are not making a living wage. Will, you've been around, you know the world we live in. We have people who are struggling, right? Like. You see it, we all see it. You know, you can flip on the news and you see people who are fighting for $15 an hour and even $15 an hour is not a living wage. But we know people are struggling. And I feel that this is an avenue to really help change people's lives. And I had people who helped me when I was coming up. I once was working poorly. I finished college, I worked retail. (laughs) You know, I didn't make a lot of money. So I know what that's like. So I feel like creating a platform focused on skilled trades it's the quickest way to get people to a living wage and it's very inclusive because the barriers to entry are not as high meaning that you're not having to pay 20 dollars a year for college that eliminates a lot of people right so let's give people a real opportunity people talk about an opportunity that has such a high barrier that barely anybody can get it so like people who are like multi-millionaires oh, well i started my business and now i'm multi-millionaire you can do it too you know, people. I, I can't relate to that. But a skill trade. Hey, in six months to a year, you could start with a wage of forty-five to fifty thousand, and I can prove it. That's not a barrier that's above and beyond for the regular folk. You know, I could be nineteen, finished high school, twenty years old, working in retail, eight nine dollars an hour, and in six months to a year, I can more than double my income. And that's real, without being going into debt thirty thousand. That's changing people's lives, and that's the main reason why I'm doing it. I love helping young people. I had people that helped me when I was younger. I had people that helped me when I was working poor, you know, working retail, so this gives me an opportunity to do that. I'm also skilled at having a sales background and how do you get into a company? It's a process, right? And that's one of the things that I feel the platform will offer also emphasize, that's why I see the value is having that roadmap, which is day in the life videos, I do podcasts and I do blogs. So however people wanna consume that content, there is what I call a roadmap, process. And that's what most people are looking for. You tell people here, here's how you do it. And it is not a barrier that's so high that you can't do it. So the regular, you know, I didn't do great in school, I'm a regular person can go and do this and still you know increase their income and make a good wage. so that that's primarily why i'm doing what i'm doing
0: i love it I, and i love the roadmap reference as well uh, i was chatting with uh, a, a woman april in in my previous episode and she's created a platform for you know high level college kids in, in terms of education but providing them with internships at startups and the same type mm-hmm. thing and what she was saying she's a cornell uh, graduate is that she always had a roadmap. She was like, if I, if I, I, once I was good at school, it was pretty easy for me to kind of follow my, the path because the next forward, the roadmap is always there, but it's not always there for entrepreneurship. And then, if, you know, which is what she pursued and didn't really know. And then for the skilled trades as well, I, you know, I feel like the, the education, the awareness of that at, at junior high and high school is not there. So I think that creating that roadmap, providing a platform that's not only going to help the job seeker get a job, but also educate them in a process that's gonna help them long-term with, you know, hence the name Skill Stadium, with their skills and elevator pitch, I I think is really, really outstanding. So tell us a little more about the content that you produce, because I do know that you have your own podcast uh, that's been churning along. Uh, So tell us a little bit about that and the blog and everything.
1: Sure, so Will, what I do is I go and I interview the business owners and the people who are actually doing the work. I feel the best way that if you wanna learn about something, Watch what people, watch the people who are doing it. I don't think there's any substitute for that. If you wanna get a job, the best person to speak to is the person who's gonna hire you, right? So I'm asking them questions. I, I talk to the business owners and I tell them, tell me what a great candidate looks like. Tell me what people need to do right now to get in your company. I don't if I was looking for a job and someone was interviewing the owner of the company I was interviewing for, I would wanna to listen to what that person has to say. I would think there'd be some very valuable information. So that's that's what I do. And the next thing is I interview people who are actually doing the work because as somebody who's changed careers, i never changed careers without talking to somebody who's doing a job. And this is even in my 20s, my 30s, my 40s. I never got in, went into a job if I didn't talk to somebody who was doing it. Why? Because they're going to know things that I'm just not going to know. They're going to share some things that I might like they're going to share some things I might not like, but it's going to help to prepare me. I just, I don't know another way that you can do that. So that's, that's also why I do the podcast. That's also why I do the day in the life interviews. So the day in the life interviews are a really little different. They're five minutes and they're on YouTube and that's interviewing the actual people who are doing the work. Basically I ask them questions like, Hey, why are you doing this work? What are the characteristics of people who are successful? What do you get paid when you just get started? Very important, don't listen to what someone is making who's been in a job 20 years, because that's not where you're gonna be. When people are just starting, that guy who just gets out of his apprenticeship, who's, you know, in in six months from now, is gonna be going into the job market. Oh, he's gonna make or she's gonna make this amount. That's what people wanna hear. All right, what's the process? How long does it take? And what do you like about the job? What do you do on the job? And we condense this in five minutes. Quick to consume, and we interview multiple people. I interview women, I interview men, I interview every different nationality. So you get different perspectives. I interview people who are older, I interview people who are younger. So if you're looking at that now, you can sit here and go, oh, you know, even though these are both, let's say, plumbers. This is a plumber, a female plumber in her 20s, this is a male plumber in his 50s you They're going to have a little different perspective, right? <laughs> and so that's the value of what we're doing: is we're giving you information from people who are actually doing the work. And like I said, there's no better way to learn about a profession than from someone who's in it. I'm not a fan of theory. I'm not a fan of going and reading a book. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think you get better information when you talk to somebody. Who's like here, here's how we do it. Here's what's going on when I'm on a work site yeah that's what I want to know. not what I can just Google. anybody can google that. But I want to talk to the person who's doing the work.
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to learn about the small little issues that you have on the job that can only be experienced when you're actually doing the job. you know uh, how do you react? How do you change and how, how can I you know adapt to that? because those are the things that are going to make you an effective worker. Um, Keith, yeah, I'm
1: curious talk to people. yeah sir. I also talk to people before the interview. To, to, to help them understand why we're doing it. So I tell them, I need people to be candid. I need people who are gonna tell it like it is. So don't sugarcoat it, you know, cause I've had people tell me, oh, you know, they say that you make this amount of money. You don't, here's what you make, real world. You know, so when people are Googling and say, yeah, but the Google and it says you make 25, he's like, no, you don't, you make 15 when you're just getting started. Here's why, let me tell you why. That's why the best content, the best information From the people who are doing the work.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Do you find uh, there to be, when it comes to those wages, uh, particularly uh, starting wage when you get out, do you see a big difference depending on the region of the U.S. where they're in? Um, You know, is it a lot different?
1: Yes, definitely. So, you know, obviously, if you look at places like the Northeast, New York, Boston, uh, West Coast, California, salaries are going to be higher than, say, the Southeast. Cost of living is higher. So, You have to really dig into the data. I can tell you, even when I was in a corporate world, I would always call people into companies and ask them, even when I was interviewing for jobs, I'd see discrepancies from what literally what the HR person was. I'll give you a crazy story. I was interviewing for a job in New York, a sales job, and I called into the company to see, you know, I looked up this guy, found him on LinkedIn, and he was making $30,000 more than what they were offering me. To do the same job. And that's because I reached out. That's why you can't look. I just don't listen to what. Go talk to people who are working. Ask them what they make. Right? And it's funny. People will tell you. Because you're a stranger. They might not. He probably wouldn't tell his best friend what he makes. But I'm a stranger. So he'll tell me. Yeah. So I say that just to say that. You've got to really talk to people. Yes. You can look online. There's information online. But it's not always accurate. No. They get it wrong sometimes.
0: Yeah, I find that really interesting, especially CISO, you know, with my generation and a little younger is that uh, far more open talking about salaries and talking about mm-hmm. what do you get paid, which I think uh, for the worker, like like you're saying, is pretty good because it tells you what it is. It's going to hold that employer kind of accountable and, and kind of give a little more reasons for what they're doing. So I find that uh, really interesting and, and cool that they do that. I'm curious to see kind of what the what the reception's been, you know, when, when you're approaching these people, particularly if they're cold, uh, you know, and you don't know them, you know, what's kind of the reaction that you get once you kind of tell them about this platform and, and what you're trying to do?
1: Sure. So when I call companies, um, at first, they are a little hesitant to uh, talk with me. Uh, it, it, you know, it's definitely, you've got to do a few calls. But what has helped me, particularly with the podcast, is I send them information. And I make it about them. So I tell them why we're doing it. And we're doing the podcast, one, because we want to help our young people learn about skill trade. So it taps into your value. So I'll ask people. I'm pretty candid. I'll say, hey, you know, um, we're trying to help young people get into your profession. I'll also point out that I know there's a shortage in your profession, so it only benefits you to have people come into your profession. And good business people get that. They understand that if they don't get good people to work in their industry, they're in trouble. And there's a shortage right now. So any business person who, with half a brain, understands that the ramifications if we don't get more young people in the skilled trades. Plus, we're talking about helping young people. I always tap into what people value. And I, I tell them, hey, I'm pretty candid. I say, hey, you know, when you would do this podcast, what happens sometimes is I have young people, because I do um, I do a career, a virtual career dates in the local high schools. I say, would you be open to having a conversation with a high school student for seven minutes about your profession? What does that tell me? There's no financial benefit for you, but you're going to help a kid. And that tells me a lot about what you value. So when I do that, I find that companies are more receptive. When they understand your mission, what you're doing, and they say, well, that's good work. And they also understand there's a benefit to them because after you do the podcast, I'm going to promote the podcast episode, which means I'm promoting your company. So... Good business people, especially people who have online presence. Like they, you've got a Facebook page. I already know that you know social media is important. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a Facebook page Then I see if you have Instagram. So I do my research on companies, and I see that those companies that have online social media presence, they're going to be more open to it. And then also I remind them that there's really a low risk to this. This is a job site. If you find talent on it and, it, and you're able to hire people, then you already know there's value. There's no risk, we're not asking you for money. We're saying, here's a place where you can, we know. You know. The way I put it to people, I'm like, I know there's a shortage in the skill trades. And I've talked to a lot of your fellow business owners, people in your industry. As soon as you say that, you get people's attention right away. And when you know their numbers, so I'm like, so I know that a plumber, a uh, seasoned plumber represents $250,000 in profit for his business. Once you start knowing their numbers, and you say hey, I have talked to companies, now you now I've got their attention. And I'm not asking you for money. I'm saying, check it out, tell me what you think, give me your feedback, because everybody likes to get feedback. Tell me what you think about the platform. And oh, by the way, you, you could find somebody, you know, you're really having a hard time finding people, you can go find people on the platform. I think people just wanna be able to, it's trust, right? they, Do I, I don't know you. So it's just building up that trust. And, um, you know, right now we're not lying. So I'm, so as I'm talking to people, this is pre-launch because I'm, I've revamped the platform, just just so you know. So when I do talk to those people, it's just telling them, hey, you know, it's in the process of coming out. So uh, I'm not pushing for them to buy anything. I'm just saying, Here, here's this platform that's coming out. I want to get on your radar, send you information. And um, I've found that, yeah, like I said, it's a process to get in front of people because they don't know you. Uh, but I think people have been pretty pres- receptive to it.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I, like I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast, and like we've talked about before, I feel like it's kind of a neglected industry when it comes to to technology uh, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's kind of the, the the area where it's a little bit behind some of the other industries, and I think a large part of that is that there aren't too many people trying to solve that problem. Um, in fact, you know, I. Yeah, you know, I'm in the technical space. You know, I know a lot, I have a lot of developer friends and you know, I can, they always have ideas of what to do. And I don't think there's been one time that they've come up with an idea that you know, fits for the skilled trades or anything like that. Uh, so I find that really interesting. So I was curious to see kind of the response on that and especially so as it does get to launch the pre-launch is great for the hype when he does get to launch to see what they do, uh, on the flip side of that though, you know, then you have the, the applicant, you know, you need to have enough people that these employers can come in and and make those hires as well. So tell me a little bit about how you've been uh, promoting that side of the platform as well to get those applicants on there.
1: Sure. So, So my first place that I've targeted has been the Facebook groups. And so I jump on the Facebook groups because they're already active people who are in the profession and I just, you know, I just, you know, I'll pose questions to them like, Hey, you know, how's your job search going? How do you feel about using video? So I start trying to get a feel for what they like doing. I learned just through talking to some people that they hate doing long applications, right? So just understanding the industry, they hate jobs where it's commission based. It's just listening, it's just asking questions and listening. And so I don't go in with a hard sell. And once I start learning, then I say, hey, how would you feel about using video? You know, to to stand out. You know, are you good at are you good at what you do? You know, and, and it's also you gotta challenge people a bit sometimes. They're like, Yeah, I'm like, so prove it. Do do a 30 second elevator pitch. Tell us why you're good I've told some people, I'm like, if you do an interview, you're gonna have to do that. Do you think that you'll walk into a job interview? I literally just told, told somebody who was lucky and said, so last time you got a job, did you just walk into the interview and say, hire me? And you didn't have to say anything else, and they just hired you? No, that's yeah, of course not. They asked you questions, right? So everybody's got 10 minutes, don't tell me that. And if they're gonna help you get a job, you don't spend more than 10 minutes to prepare for any job. If you're not, you're not getting hired. I promise you. Anybody who just walks into a job interview having done zero preparation is not getting that job. I don't care how good you are. Your job it, it's it ain't gonna happen because there are other people who are gonna prepare so like I said I, I just try and understand the market the other place I go to is the professional associations so like American Welding Society I go to the leaders of those of those organizations and I tell them about the platform right? and looking to build partnerships with those groups once you get connected with those groups then they can they can let the platform spread to their members that's kind of a game plan. Like I said, one of the things I've been reluctant to go full steam at signing people up because the platform is under construction. Mm-hmm. So that's been my hesitation because if it's not ready to go and you have, you, know, you have issues, so it's just making people aware and saying, "Hey, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You're also building up some hype too, but you're also learning. So a lot of what I do, with podcasts, and the marketing efforts are to learn. Once you start learning, I think if you, I feel like if you focus your energy on learning about your customers, you're going to be able to better serve them. You're going to be able to deliver a better solution. And so I try to focus on that. And people people are a lot more open to talking to you about these things when you're not trying to sell them anything. When it's like, hey, how do we get you higher faster? Nobody's going to sit there and say, oh, keep that. No, no. Nobody's going to sit there and say, well, I have a job. I don't want anybody. I've never had somebody say that. Even if you have a job, wouldn't it be nice for somebody to reach out to you and say, hey, we're gonna offer you this. You don't even have to leave your job. You can keep the job, I'm just saying. It's nice to have that opportunity. Do you think it's worth it to spend 10 minutes of your time to have companies come to you for other job opportunities? Yes or no? Are you open to getting paid more money to do the same work? Yes or no? It's very hard. Anybody who understands today's technology and understands the market we're in, it's very hard for people to debate you and say, well, no, I don't think that will happen. I don't think that will give me a leg up. Unless you're somebody who's never been on the internet and you've just been just closed off. Most people know if you have a presence online. I mean, video obviously, but if you have a presence online versus somebody who does not you're gonna have more opportunities. It's that simple. So that's kind of how I'm approaching people. And like I said, you know, people are seeing the podcast and particularly people who want advice on jobs, they see a the value in that because like I said, there's, once you start saying, hey, I'm talking to the hiring manager, oh, people broke up, here's what they want. What do they want? Yeah, so that's kind of how I approach that side, the, uh, the consumers. It's still a challenge, it's a, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. So you do have to get people, you're not selling something you're, you're um, I think you're trying to educate people on how to make a change in how they market themselves, how to be more effective at creating opportunities for themselves. So it's a sale in, how do you create better opportunities for yourself? Well, here's how. And like I said, I always feel like, hey, it's a 10 minute investment, as opposed to telling people, hey, you're gonna spend an hour, right? 10 minutes is easy. You can do that in your sleep. Everybody can do that. It's just whether you see a value in, I think people who are comfortable or complacent probably won't jump on it. That person is like, I'm making uh, $18 an hour, but 30 would be better. That person, they would do it. I think there were people who would want to get paid more. If you went to work today because you had to, not for fun, you could use extra pay. And if you create a profile that can attract another employer to hire you for more money and it's a 10-minute investment, I think most people do it. I'd do it. Absolutely.
0: Sure too, Will. Absolutely. <laughs> I would sign right up. Say, here's my elevator pitch. Take it or leave it.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, it's easier when people come to you than when you're going to them. That's all it is. I just wanted to have opportunities. I mean, it's the same way for your business. I'm sure you prefer people come to you to want to do business with you. Absolutely. It's a lot easier than you going to people. So that's why people have a good online presence. But you got to invest. you got to put some time mm-hmm. in.
0: Yeah, and and, and that's the that's the thing. And that's why I was really curious to kind of see the challenges that you've been getting. Because, you know, uh, when it comes to the the technology and internet, and, you know, within that field, again, I I feel like it's lagging. And and I know it's not everybody. uh, But it's just, you know, I I have, for me, my personal, so I'm speaking on my personal experience, you know, I have about you know, half my friends that are, are university and they're doing, you know, those type jobs and everything, accountants, you know, all blah, blah, blah. And then I have another half of my friends who all just kind of did the skill traits, you know, majority mm-hmm. of them are electricians, but there's a carpenter in there. Uh, I had a, a deep a diver um, yeah. as well. Well, you know, welding. So yeah, welding. So, I mean, it, it's interesting. And, and I see them and, you know, I talk about the tech stuff and they don't really know sometimes, but they're always asking kind of questions about it because they're mm-hmm. curious. So again, I think once that platform is launched and it's up and people are starting to see that it's getting results and you're providing all this value and kind of walking them through step-by-step step of how to do it, you're gonna start to see you know some real growth and success.
1: There's not so much tech in this. You gotta remember, everybody who applies for jobs now ag- applies for a job online. Yeah. So even if you're into skill trades, no matter what you do in 2021, you're not, faxing a resume and you're not taking a paper resume and walking it to the airport. Nobody does that. So this is not so technologically advanced. It's using a cell phone that everybody has, and it's just another way to market yourself. And the, and the other reason why I said I target Facebook, if you're on Facebook group, I already know you're comfortable with
0: technology. Yeah,
1: I already know you're comfortable. You wouldn't be on Facebook. You wouldn't be. You know, like. It's hard to not be online. If you're employed, you're online.
0: Exactly, and I feel like your platform too is. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I know some of my friends would go on Craigslist, you know, because that's where they would find most of those type of jobs. Because you know Indeed or uh, you know LinkedIn, you know, they don't generally focus on these types of jobs. And you're essentially creating that type of platform video format to 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 a higher degree for them to have a place. So I think it's a matter of just them having an actual place dedicated to that solution, which is, you know, essentially kind of what you're, what you're doing. I also
1: want to add something that I forgot to tell you. I'm also putting an audio piece on it and I got that idea from from Clubhouse, meaning that if somebody's trying to be on camera, they can do an audio pitch. Let me tell you something. If you can't do an audio pitch about yourself in 30 seconds, you're in a lot of trouble for getting a job. So they can do the audio profile. I know a lot of people just want to upload a resume. You can do that, but I promise you an audio pitch is better than a paper resume. Because somebody hearing you speak, there's something about hearing an app, a prospect, speak. That's just more powerful than a piece of paper. More powerful than hearing you speak, is watching. So that that is also that so when I told you we're 30 days out, the audio piece has also delayed it because that's something I added later because of clubhouse. So I feel like that's great for that person who's shy, because they you know, look, I get it. There's some people who are gonna be shy to be on camera, but for God's sakes, if you can't speak, how are you gonna do a phone interview? <laughs> I mean, it's just, if you can't do 30 seconds audio on your phone for a job application, how are you gonna do an interview? So again, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm just saying that I'm trying to make it easy for people. And it's great preparation because everybody knows when they go for an interview, they're going to have to speak. You know, it's like I keep saying, you know, you're not going to go into a job interview and just say hire me. Right. The it, end of the interview.
0: You know, I think also what you're providing as well is... Uh you're providing a platform for them to learn about some of those soft skills and how to best present themselves so that who knows maybe after i mean we're talking about younger people getting into the jobs and you know entry level and things of that nature but those types of skills are the things too that over a decade of time are going to help you climb the ranks as well yes and i think that that's a benefit that you're providing with your platform too is not just hey you can go and get a job but now, because you're thinking about these soft skills, you're thinking about best ways to present yourself, and you're thinking about marketing and pitching yourself. That's going to really help uh, for future, you know, job promotions.
1: Yeah, and and, and touching on that, average tenure in a job these days is three years. Everybody knows going into a job. Everybody asks, "Are you going to retire from the job you're at?" Tells me no. <laughs> Especially if you're in your twenties. Yeah, know that. To me, I'm like, would you rather have to go looking for a job, or would you rather somebody come to you after your job? Anybody tells me they'd rather to come to the virtual. It's a lot easier. <laughs> Who doesn't? Oh, but yeah. How does that happen? Hell of a lot. How does that happen? Do they just show up at your house and say, hey, we've got this great job for you? They find you online. Most people have an opportunity. We'll reconnect it online. If you weren't on LinkedIn, you and I wouldn't be having this
0: conversation. Yeah.
1: It's the way of the world, right? It's like it would be like if I met somebody. Just networking out. And I said, well, hey, let's connect through LinkedIn. Do you have a, you know what's your LinkedIn or what's your email? they said, I don't have an email, I don't have LinkedIn. How seriously would you take somebody? You'd be looking at you don't have an email? I think we're gonna move where video is gonna be coming on because everybody has a mobile phone. Once more and more people are doing it, then you're gonna be like that person who doesn't have an email. They're just gonna look at you as this person's Because well. what'll happen is they'll hire the first people they'll hire the people who have that online. Presence, and then they'll look for whoever's left. It's just—it's all about just if you can be found and seen for the talent and skills that you have, you're going to get more opportunities than people who can't. There's no other way, and and you can't debate that. That's just the world we live in.
0: Yeah, and what you talked about earlier, uh, really kind of resonated as well as opportunity. I mean, why would you deny yourself a a chance to provide yourself with more job opportunities? Like you said, especially in this day and age where, you know, I remember my dad was like, Oh, yeah, you get into the company pension, you stay there. and, And that worked. You know that worked for him, yeah. but like you said, those days are gone. You know the yeah. the turning the table, getting new jobs now is far more common. So why wouldn't you want those opportunities and have a platform where people can can come to you as well? Uh, I wanted to ask too, back to kind of the employer perspective of this as well. I mean, obviously they're excited because you know, you're know you're providing a platform and helping encourage young people that, hey, this is an option for you. If you don't wanna go to college, if you'd like to work with your hands or whatever, this is an option, get more people in the workforce as well. And you talked about kind of the job shortage as well. I, where would you rank that in terms of concerns when you're speaking to those employers? How difficult is it for them to find talent these days in the field?
1: It's very difficult. Um, in fact, every employer that I've spoken to I'd say ninety percent of them have said, Here's my cell phone number. If you come across somebody, have them give me a call. The fact that you'd give me your personal cell phone number as a business owner tells me, Hey, you know, I've seen smaller companies. I saw this one guy who's like, I've been working so many hours, he's, he's a plumber running here, running there. I need like one person. And he's he was just tired. He was wiped like, out. Yeah, you need somebody. Because otherwise you're just working, you know, because they still got to keep the lights on. They got to run the business, but you're one person. And at some point you realize you can't do the job of the two people by yourself. So every single, and, and, and they're losing money if they if they don't you know, have people to go serve the customers because then the customers just go to somebody else, right? Like if I call a plumber and I need something fixed, sorry, we can't get to you two a week because we're not staffed. Well, that's not my problem. I'm going to go to the competitor. Mm. Eventually, that business owner starts to realize, "Wow, I'm losing a lot of business. I better find somebody pretty quick." So I know it's a high priority. And now, I'm, when I hear business owners tell me, um, "Hey, we're bringing on high school kids and training them," they never companies never used to train people. <laughs> you know, like they used to hire people who were ready to go. Now they're like, "Hey, we're bringing these high school kids." So when I see that behavior change, I know there's a need. You know, and like I said, I just go on. I talk to the people who are in the fight who are in the game. That's how I say it. Right. And I just ask them what's going on. And eventually you start seeing patterns. And one person says that they start to say the same thing over and over and over from the small companies to the big companies. Smaller companies are hurting a lot more. Smaller companies are hurting a lot more. That one, two man shot. Because people, people in general want to work for a bigger company. You know, well, they know that company, more benefits probably. So, you know, bigger companies have a little bit more, a little bit more leverage, but smaller companies hurt more when they lose people. So they're suffering, they're suffering. And so it's harder for them to compete. They don't have the brand, you know, because people are like, well, we know company X, plumbing company, because that's a big company. We know the name, but this small company, we don't know. You really know if you're going to be able to pay us, right? So smaller companies suffer more than bigger companies, but all of them are. And then remember, a lot of the older workers are now retired, right? So it's it's a perfect storm. So a lot of these older workers as they retire, because something I'll say for the skill trades is it's hard work, right? And you know if you're moving around doing physical labor, you're not doing that at 65, 70 years old.
0: You know,
1: I'm, I'm, I've never gotten to that age, I'm not that age, but I would imagine my body's good. <laughs> not going to be, the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's. It's, it is what it is. When we get older, we're not going to be able to do the same stuff we did when we were younger. When was the last time the 75, 80-year-old plumber showed up? You know, you don't see the plumbers and electricians who are like 65, 77. You don't see that. Normally, you'll see somebody from 20s to mid-40s, right? 50s sometimes, right? But you're not seeing somebody. Those guys are retired. And girls. And you women. Know, so, yeah, it's a problem. So, they're, you know, every... every last company that i've spoken to they all tell me it's hard to find people. and that's from right across the country heck that's even in canada and other countries
0: and 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 do you think that that um is stemming in large part due to just the lack of uh, awareness and knowledge uh, of the skilled trades? i mean i don't want to say that um society I don't want to say society frowns upon skill trades because I don't think they do, but I do think that there 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 is a bit of a stigma, especially because everybody's trying to just push kids into university or or push kids to go be the next you know financial accountant or you know or financial planner, right? Instead of pushing kids to either start their own businesses, be entrepreneurs, or push kids to to get into the skill trades or whatever that might be. So so do you think it kind of stems from just lack of awareness?
1: I guess it does. I think it stems from, it starts with the parents and the educators because those are the people who have the biggest influence on our, on our young people. I mean, once you hit a certain age, you grow up and become an adult and you leave your parents home, you start to probably make your own decisions and yeah. you're not as easily influenced. But you know, I think back to when I was a kid, 16, 17, 18, my, you know, my parents had a great deal of influence on me as did my teachers, right? Because I hadn't been out in the world. So all I could do is, is take listen to what the people who i feel love and care for me were saying and let's let's get one thing straight those people do want the best for you right like they're 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 coming from a place of love and of just wanting your best interest but sometimes they don't know you know sometimes parents don't have all the answers and because something worked back then the way they were raised they're just continuing that so i think one once these parents and teachers start realizing, well, here are the incomes that people are making. Let me share a quick story with you. I um, had reached out to a local trade school in the automotive industry and they were working on Mercedes cars. The work they were doing was coding because the cars are computers. The young man got out of that program, 19 years old, got a job at Mercedes making like 85K a year. You got to think about the car, Mercedes. I don't own one of those, never have. (laughs) I mean, either. Apparently, it's a big computer. They gave me a tour around the uh, school and I got to look at some of these cars that are real fancy. Everything is electronic. So, Mercedes is lending that school their cars. So, those students are working on Mercedes cars in their training. So, Mercedes knows that, well, they're going to be good employees. So, um, they basically are hiring all these students out of that program. But this particular young man, because he had great skill sets. And and that's what a lot of people are missing out on in terms of the stereotype, the skill traits. He's doing coding. Skill traits also require a lot of math, they will require a lot of critical thinking. We've got to get people to not to get past the stereotype of the skill traits. And they make good money. They don't make good money just for nothing. They do good. They work hard. They do. And they have the special skill set that most people don't have. That's how you get paid more money than other people. Right? That's why somebody working in a retail store makes less than an electrician. Why? One person has specialized skills that a lot of people have. One person doesn't. I can take anybody off the street and have them teach them in two weeks how to work in a retail place. Teach them how to can't teach somebody in two weeks how to be electrician. And again, the investment, the beautiful thing about these skilled trades, they're gonna pay you to learn. And I think once parents start seeing that income, start understanding what the, they gotta understand the economics. Everybody understands numbers, right? (laughs) If I tell you $85,000 at 19, that's unbelievable. I know people who are in their forties and fifties who don't make $85,000 a year. You're starting at 85K a year at 19. And there's a high probability that's gonna go up as you get older, because it's not like the guy's gonna get less experience, which means I think he's gonna make more money. That's not a bad start. And by the way, I think it might've taken, it took him under two years to do that. He wasn't like he was in school for four or five years. He's 19, right? He might've been in school a year or two. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's not in heavy debt. Because again, those technical schools, those trade schools, it might be 10k. It wasn't like it was over 10k. It was pretty reasonable, probably an amount his parents could cut a check for, probably an amount he could pay off in his first year of working, right? Absolutely. Making 85k a year at 19. I think his big challenge is for him to manage his money properly.
0: Yeah, which is a challenge for so everybody.
1: 19, I 85k a year. I'm. Um, <laughs> back when I was 19. If I had 85k a year. <laughs>
0: Here we go. Let's money, spending that money. Yeah,
1: I'm telling you, you know, there's a reason why I'm happy. I didn't make good money. Till
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: What other profession can you do that? How many, maybe a professional athlete, but think about it.
0: Yeah. What are the chances of you actually being a professional athlete? Yeah. Far it's less, far less. Yeah.
1: Just, it's not a lot of jobs. That can give you that kind of return in a short period of
0: time. Right. And I mean, just because you go to school and get that degree, that doesn't guarantee you a a good income right out. I mean, there are a lot of degrees in in college where you come out and you might make $44,000 a year, you know? And, and except you have eighty thousand dollars in debt if you went to a state school you went out of state you might have 160 you know so yeah you know, i think my family my family's a fun example of that you know uh i went to school uh washington state go kooks and uh nice. you know i loved it had a great experience but i came out in, in debt you know tens and thousands of dollars in debt my brother he didn't know what he wanted to do he wasn't sure you know he's always been kind of more with his hands and he's a you know he, Bust his ass. He's a very hard worker. And, uh, you know, we're adults now. I'm 28 and he's 26. He's in, been an electrician for a while. He's been in that industry. And he's worked his way and is moving along. And he's making this great salary, doing fantastic, without any college debt. And anything like that, I'm like, man, that looks pretty good. And here I am. I yeah. went to school. I went to college. Pursued my dream. You know, I don't have any regrets. Broadcaster for a couple of years, but didn't make very much money at all. I made like twenty four thousand dollars or something like that coming out of college in Missouri. And uh, you know, I've changed careers. You know, I work for myself now, I own a business, and, and all that stuff. So life's good. But uh, you know, you, it's funny because you, I look back at it and I think and I go, huh if I was at least given more resources or more knowledge, I would have chose the same thing, you know, but if I had known that, Hey, you know, you can make this really good money in the skilled trades or, Hey, you can go into entrepreneurship and, and take a chance and work your way and, you know, or go to community college. I mean, community college or trade schools even get, overlooked mm-hmm. you know and i'm thinking man matt my brother on on, uh, on papers doing sure, sure a hell of a lot better than i am technically you know but society society would say because i went to college i did the right thing you know and i'm kind of like huh yeah. don't think that's don't think so, so. I,
1: I agree 100 you know um i do think that everybody's got to take their own path of course and they figure it out i also think that you're still young that if you ever want to change or do something different you know and there's a high probability that before it's all said and done, you probably might do something different, you know, who knows. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I also think that, you know, you talk about entrepreneurship, the skilled trades is also great for people who want to yeah. be entrepreneurs. Um, is, does your brother like work for somebody? Does he work for himself?
0: Uh, he works for somebody, but he has talked about, um, you know, moving on and kind of creating his own, uh, business with that. Because, you know, he, when you're an electrician, like you said earlier, uh, about the money that you make, it's a very niche skill. Like it, it's specialized. It takes time to learn that skill. And you know, he's always got friends and family going, "Hey, you know, I have this problem. Can you come by and check it out?" And you know, and and so
1: many gigs. You know what? Your brother could start his own business.
0: Yeah, absolutely he could. And yeah, I, just just
1: he's got so many friends and family who will support him. You know, and they'll spread the word. It's just when he's ready. If I were him, I'd be side gigs. Because guess what? He can charge way more than what.
0: Like, Already doing it. Already you know, doing right? it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm sure. I'm sure. That's what I'm saying. Like That's the beauty of being an electrician. Everybody's going to have to call him at some point. If you're in a home, at some point, they're going to have to
0: call your brother.
1: promise you. Family, friends, whoever. And you no, know, people are respectful. They're going to pay him. They're going to pay him. You
0: know, like, oh, yeah.
1: You know, we're, we're not, we're not freeloaders here. I mean, we're going to pay the man for his work. And they're eventually going to tell other people, it's a question of time. And then eventually, he might get so busy that he's got to bring somebody on. And that's how the business gets started. And Once he's eventually comfortable enough and he's seeing enough business come in, it's it's inevitable. If he's already doing it now, it's just it's a question of time. Man. And that is a beautiful thing. And he's also seen you do entrepreneurship, too. So i got to believe that that's, like, that's possible.
0: Oh, yeah. We've had conversations. No doubt about it. No yeah. doubt about it. It's good, and yeah. I want to go back to and just talk about uh, the, the skill trades in a whole. Uh, you mentioned, you know, paying for the value as well, and, and entrepreneurship, and that's the beautiful part about it because you're taking a specialized skill, you're also creating your own business, and you're doing something that most people don't know how to do or are even really aware yes. of what to do. You know, I, for example, would gladly pay uh, a nice premium for an expert that knows what they're doing. You know, uh, that's mm-hmm. why. A general handyman is going to make less than a than a plumber, right? Because the plumber's got yes. that niche skill. So, um, again, I love it. I love the the platform and, and being able to create that awareness for kids to have that option, and especially the amount of content that you're producing. Mm-hmm. What are the long term plans for Skill Stadium? You know, where do you see this sure. down the line?
1: My vision for Skill Stadium is for it to be linked in the skill trades. I want there to be more interaction with people who are in the skill trades. Much like we have Facebook groups, much like people communicate connect on LinkedIn, I want people to be able to connect on Skill Stadium in the skill trades because their community is so fragmented and nobody has created a LinkedIn for them. I My vision is to create a LinkedIn for the skill trades. That's my vision. I have some other things that I'm working on that I think could uh, definitely add success and value to it. I don't want to disclose it at this time. I do see this as a platform. So I'll disclose a couple of things where I see in the immediate future that I'm working on. I want there to be vendors on the platform such as career coaches, building partnerships with the schools, the trade schools, online schools, so that when somebody goes to the platform, they know, I want people to be able to go to the platform, 18 years old, high school kid, be able to see a video and blog and get data on specific profession, but then be able to find a school in your area. One stop shop. I'm doing the research for you, right? Give them a process or roadmap. Here's how I'm gonna go at 18 to making forty, fifty thousand dollars in two years on this job. Here's where I have to go to get the education, here's where I have to need to feed it to them. Make it, you know why people go to certain products and services? Convenience. Yeah. You know why people call it Uber convenience, right? Make it easy for people who give them convenience, put it all in one place. Because when most people do research, they don't want to go to 10 different websites. When I research, I go to two, three websites. And I do a pretty thorough search. i got to believe most people are like that. I don't think anybody goes and looks at 10, 20 different websites. If they can get it all in one website, boom, let's keep it moving, right? Uh, biggest thing I would say for that where we're going is a one-stop career shop. LinkedIn and the skill trades. That's where I see the platform going. We have stakeholders such as the companies, the business owners, the job seekers, the students, professional associations, schools. All of these groups are interconnected, right? Schools need students, right? We need people to go train and get the skills. Companies need uh, workers. Students need to become job seekers, right? It's, it's all interconnected. Professional associations, people need to join professional associations so they can network and understand what's going on in their industry. All interconnected, all on skill stadium. Serving all those groups is is the vision of what of what we're trying to do, LinkedIn for the skill trades.
0: Absolutely love it. LinkedIn for the skill trade, something that's certainly uh, lacking at this time. Uh, Keith Williams, founder of the Skill Stadium with us. Uh, Keith, thanks so much for, for coming on. I want to give you an opportunity to to share uh, social media or you know your podcast, your blog, how people can follow you, how people can 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 come along with the Skill Stadium. And if they're interested, how people could sign up uh, as either an employer or, or an applicant.
1: Sure. So what I would have people do is go to the Skill Stadium, www.skillstadium.com dot com. All of the social media feeds are on the website. So instead of just sitting here and spewing it out, they can also reach me on LinkedIn. So I am on LinkedIn. If you bring up my name, Keith Andrew Williams, you should be able to find me. Skill Stadium is also on LinkedIn. If you contact me through LinkedIn, I can connect you with all my social media feeds. Also, we do have a podcast, Skill Stadium podcast. If you Google skill-saving podcasts, it will come up. It's on Apple. It's on Stitcher. It's on Anchor. It's all over the place. So yeah, that's how you can, that's how you can find it. I would encourage people to listen to the podcast,
0: uh,
1: and, uh, subscribe. And if you like what you hear, leave a review, share it. Let people know about it.
0: Thanks so much. Anything uh, that you'd like to add lastly?
1: No, well, first of all, um, I really enjoyed this conversation we had. I, I love your podcast and, and, um, Happy to support, help you in any way I can, and uh, really grateful for you having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure being a guest on.
0: Likewise, glad that we connected over the Chrysler Group podcast as well. So, fantastic stuff. Keith Williams, once again, founder of The Skill Stadium. He's creating a platform, the LinkedIn, for the skill trades uh, to create awareness uh, about the great career benefits and opportunities there, and also to help out employers uh, connect with those applicants as well. Keith Williams, thank you very much. Thank you, Will. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Talking Solutions with the Chesh podcast. This episode will go down in the books. As always, you can check us out on social media, and that's going to provide you the opportunity to also recap these episodes as well. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to talking with you next time. Thanks for listening to the Talking Solutions with the Chesh podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode, and you can find out more about our featured guests and their solutions on our Talking Solutions podcast, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channels, as we focus on highlighting individuals providing solutions to social problems and bringing optimism to the world.